The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio. Hello again, Mark Jeffries here with another fascinating interview. This time, it's with Phil Clement, who is the Global Chief Marketing Officer for Johnson Controls International, JCI, which is a global provider of fire, safety, and HVAC equipment. In his role at JCI, Phil leads the company's global marketing team, which is responsible for the organization's strategy, research, and planning, as well as its marketing activities. And prior to joining JCI, Phil served as the Global Chief Marketing and Communication Officer for Aon, where he developed the company's global CRM systems, common sales processes, and unified brand. Today, we'll speak with Phil about his leadership role and responsibilities at JCI. We'll ask him to describe some of the key decisions he's had to make, specifically those leading to transformation, innovation, and improving the customer experience. Phil, welcome. Where do we find you? Uh, great, uh, great to be here. First of all, uh, thank you. Um, I am in a far southern uh, suburb of Milwaukee, where our North America headquarters is called Chicago. Uh, just a little town called Wilmette near near Chicago. I've definitely heard of Chicago. Well, thank you again for spending the time with us. So Johnson Controls touches a lot of very different industries from education to healthcare, sports, entertainment, government, transportation. As the global marketing leader for the organization, my question to you is, how do you bring it all together? Uh, well, that's when we do, right? Um, uh, we don't always do that successfully, but uh, for the most part, uh, there's, a, there's a real need from our customers uh, to address issues in a combined way. And we have a, a long history, it's a 135 year history, uh, that where we've been uh, solving problems like fire, like HVAC, in separate ways. Uh, and right now, the innovation and transformation piece is all about bringing those pieces together and solving them in one common collective way by connecting all of those uh, solutions, uh, through, mostly through digital means and uh, technology transformation. Yeah, digital has made things A, a lot easier, but B, I guess, also a lot more complex. So when you think about the chain of your responsibilities, what's, what's the priority? What's right up there? Well, the first thing is, uh, you know, Johnson Controls is an incredible footprint. Uh, we're in 120 countries, and uh, we are the only company uh, that is focused on smart and sustainable buildings. And so our CEO has led a transformation of the P&L, just the organizational focus over the last five years. So uh, only a year ago, we sold an automotive division and a battery division so that we are completely uh, focused on one uh, offer in the marketplace. So my uh, number one goal is to make sure that people just understand that we're not only a top 100 B2B brand, uh, but that this is our focus and that, uh, you know, there's so many problems around uh, smart, sustainable buildings and so many problems that smart, sustainable buildings address that we are uh, making sure that we're known for that capability. Do me a favor, for those who aren't 100% up to speed, define what you mean when you say smart, sustainable buildings. Sure. I'll, I'll define the smart part first. So uh, currently, you know, buildings for hundreds of years, thousands of years, have been built for single function. And when you went to a building, you kind of knew what it would do. It always had the same uh, capability. A smart building is a dynamic space. It can react. So, for example, if you think about New York, it's not crazy to say that a building in New York has had to react to uh, terrorism, 
It's had to react to floods, pandemics, riots. It's also uh, reacting to uh, things that, that uh, employees need now, right? Things like wellness and uh, understanding how to get in and out of a building. So a dynamic space can react to the people uh, that are involved in the building or the situation. It can uh, let you know when you should arrive. It can recognize the person that arrives. It can route them in the building. You can control your experience from your phone. You may not have to touch an elevator button, for example. Um, if you, it'll know if you're coming in, if you have lots of meetings that are internal versus external, it can schedule you appropriately for video conferencing or at a desk. It'll know what you tend to order, whether you're going to uh, keep the cafeteria busy. So there's all sorts of uh, pieces of a smart building uh, that involve connection of traditional technologies that haven't been connected before. Wow, which obviously makes people's lives a lot easier and allows you to really understand the movement of people and your own day as well. But I'm guessing that this year, a lot's changed for your business, especially right at the top of the list as people aren't even going into those smart buildings at the moment. Sure, although people are going into buildings. I mean, this is, this is uh, you know, fundamentally one of the paradoxes of the situation. Uh, to, to address the COVID-19 you know, kind of global issue, people have to go into hospitals, people have to create new hospitals. There is work that has been essential and important to be done. So um, a, a building has had, has changed uh, and is considerably less free flowing right now. Uh, you need to have access control. You need to know if the people are well. Things like contract uh, tracing become very important. Clean air becomes important. Sanitation becomes important. Um, so you know, at, at the same time, while some things have diminished, other things are actually uh, at a point of hyper need. You're absolutely right. And when I think about the way you describe that smart building, a lot of it, I guess, ends up with being a changing customer experience. Is that something that's a, a real focus for you and the team right now? Uh, absolutely. I mean, you can imagine, um, I, I actually started at JCI just a few weeks uh, before the, the pandemic broke out in a meaningful way. <laughs> so I, I arrived with a, a very substantial change mission, right? A traditional industrial company that has been uh, moving into the digital era. It was releasing, we've released uh, probably 12 new uh, products in the last six months. Most of those have had immediate implications for COVID-19 and responsible ways of either changing the experience of the building, the security around uh, the building, and also in a very respectful manner, um, you know, enhancing security, and, and then the sustainability of the building. So um, it's, been, it's been a radical change. But, you know, in, in some ways, uh, COVID-19 has accelerated a number of changes that we knew we were going to have to make anyway. It's been the ultimate catalyst, hasn't it? And I think that you know, it's it's hard to use the term silver lining when you're referring to a pandemic. But what this pandemic has forced so many organizations to do is to address things that they were going to anyway in a much faster fashion. How surprised have you been at how quickly your organization's been able to pivot, been able to change? Sure. Uh, it's been lightning speed. Um, and uh, for folks who have been around the company for a while, they are describing that uh, we are counting in weeks things that we used to count in years. 
So um, it has been a catalyst, as you say, and yeah, as as you point out, hard to to call it a silver lining, um, but it is without a doubt a catalyst for change and innovation um, of, of substantial uh, means. I mean, people are racing to the marketplace to be helpful. Right. I do. Um, I don't know about you, but I kind of worry that to an extent we've now set the new bar. We've proven to each other how fast we can do things. And when the pandemic's over, which it will be, uh, I doubt anyone's going to go, let's all slow down now, everyone. Everything's fine now. Well, yeah, I think that that is true. And it's certainly something that we're embracing in the notion that uh, spaces have to be agile and dynamic. And anyone building a building now has to be thinking ahead on how that building can respond to a variety of situations instantaneously so they don't get caught flat-footed. Uh, but that also being said, uh, you know, it, it does take a pretty unusual situation to drive this much demand difference so that a, a, a change in behavior uh, has an equal response in the economy. Understood. And I guess part of our ability to get there fast is the digital first mindset. And I know that companies talk about this a lot. How digital would you say Johnson Controls is today? And um, are you heading into a transformation, digitally speaking, coming out of one or just on the journey like everyone else seems to be? Um, I I would say we are at a very rapid uh, uh, place on our adoption curve. Um, so there's been a lot of preparation that has been done uh, as a company uh, to, to go digital. And right now uh, we are uh, rapidly going digital. And again, I always love definitions because everyone has a different version of what it means to become digital, to have a digital first mindset. How does it look and feel at JCI? Sure. Well, you know, first of all, I think uh, there's a lot of habits that uh, end up being broken in a traditional industrial company, right? Because we've had things that have solved problems. And so the cycle of things is is a very different cycle than the cycle of software and the cycle of information that comes from uh, connecting sensors. So our our smart building has uh, operational technology, things that have not traditionally been connected to other things, Uh, So and then sensors all bringing data together uh, in a way that it can then be used on the cloud. Uh, You can apply AI to it. You can put it in what's called a digital twin, which is one of these fundamental changes uh, uh, in the industry. So I would say that the rapid uh, change that happens for us in digital is we get to start not with the product, not with what we've invented, not with what's in the laboratory, but what's, what's happening to the client. What is the major solution that they need in their building to change and adapt their life? And then we can work our way backwards. And we've got many uh, technological uh, Lego blocks, if you will, to create solutions that connect things in a way that's meaningful for the customer. Very interesting, right? So customer-centric, digital mindset. And then, of course, the marketing function, your CMO, I work with a lot of CMOs, and everyone says the same thing. You know, their world has changed exponentially. And you look at what marketing automation can do now. It gives you so many tools, but it does add layers of complexity. When you talk to people about the role of a CMO, uh, of the role of marketing in the new digital first world, um, how do you describe it to others? And what's your experience been like? 
Sure, sure. Um, you, and, and I'm having those conversations all the time, as you might imagine. And uh, you know, I, I think there's a, a really important notion around scale that gives uh, particularly sales organizations and you know, distributed, we're in 120 countries. So I'm working with geographies about how we can roll this out uh, across you know, every geography of the company. Um, I think the notion of scale is super important. So the idea that we can do something in one place that they can instantly scale in another place and there is no diminishing marginal returns or incremental cost to doing it in another place, right? Uh, digital marketing uh, in many ways, once you create the asset, it's just a repeat and play. This also allows us to find things that where we're successful and repeat them and repeat and repeat and repeat. And that seems to be the, cover, the, the cornerstone of the conversation. It's interesting because, again, it's like it's the same double edged sword, isn't it? More simplicity, more tools at your fingertips, but more layers of complexity as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the technology has to be there uh, to help you deal with complexity. And I think the truly digital firm uh, has the ability to respond quickly. But that means spending a ton of time on stuff like your core database on, on customers, uh, your prospects, et cetera. If you have that and you have that infrastructure, then you can respond quickly. And I, I suppose it's uh, a slightly different focus than what, maybe what has been traditional, where you would say, uh, rather than uh, spending your time, energy, and investment on the enablers, you might spend your time and energy on um, the actual activities in the past. And right now, enablers are the things you've got to invest in. Very interesting. Thank you for that. Um, I want to return to the buildings conversation because obviously a lot of our uh, conversations in this particular podcast series are about transformation. And right now, a lot of buildings, of course, they want to be smart. They do want to be sustainable, as you've already mentioned. But now in the wake of a pandemic, there is this notion of healthy buildings. I know JCI talks about this a lot. What is the message of a healthy building? Sure. Well, look, a healthy building has the uh, best interests of, of the inhabitants, of the economy, uh, of the building owner, uh, all in mind. And so it goes well beyond uh, reduction of energy consumption and goes to really enabling people. And so you can imagine a healthy building, you know, some, some of the base entry uh, elements of a healthy building, of course, clean air. Right now, things like adding UV lights and et cetera uh, to uh, be able to uh, be anti-infection. But you know, ultimately, people are looking for things that have to do with wellness, uh, with uh, capability in the office place. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at studies that have to do with your view, the lighting, air quality, and how it makes people more productive and healthier over time. Uh, so there's the person in the building, and then there's the building itself. And, you know, a well building uh, and a healthy building contributes to the city, the economy, the energy grid in ways that traditional buildings don't. I think you make such a valid point because although the pandemic is front of mind at the moment and so talk of UV lights and, you know, extra fresh air coming through, certainly key in the longer term assuming that the pandemic does end at some point, wellness is going to be far more important than preventing infections uh, or passing on of, of bugs, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, look, pandemics are something that are going to be the byproduct of a more connected world, more travel, more urbanization, 
we will get rid of this one. I think you know that seems to be within grasp. Other ones will come along, uh, most likely. I mean, I think uh, you know the, my experience in the insurance company uh, uh, world tells tells us a little bit about the probability of that. Um, but there's so much more that people are going to aspire to, and I think that's the other thing that's exciting is uh, when when someone makes the arrangement to become uh, an employee of a company. This is really an arrangement now. They have very high expectations about what will be delivered. And building owners and uh, companies need to deliver that, right? And they need to make sure that the people working in that building are getting a, an experience that can help them uh, from a health perspective. Very interesting. Uh, let's close the conversation now on just the subject of innovation and what might be coming next. When you look at the way your organization innovates, how do you describe it to others? Um, well, just just getting at that really, you know, again, uh, Johnson Controls is inventing that as we speak. Um, you know, we have a, a real nice tradition of being very uh, client-centered, customer-centered, and working our way backwards. I think at, at, at a point at the beginning of the conversation, you did mention our industry verticals. And that's such a wonderful way for us to innovate because you can sit there and uh, imagine almost anything, right? Let's say for a sports and entertainment venue, uh, they can imagine unbelievable things for what they would like to accomplish. Right now, you can do most of them, right? And there, it, it's just an explosion of, of, of possibilities. So we start with that conversation and work our way backwards. And then I think there's a, this notion of the Lego blocks, as I mentioned earlier. So you, know, you can bring some things forward to solve those problems. You notice the gaps. And uh, another thing that is probably completely changed, and it's another area of my responsibilities, is uh, partnering to address those gaps. So there's things that... You know, historically, we may have decided to try to make ourselves, but in the current age and with the need for speed, you partner uh, quite a bit more. And so developing that ecosystem is a, is a huge difference. It does make so much sense. Finding the best in the business and teaming up with them. We've seen more partnership stories in the last year than I, I can remember. Um, so last question then, what is next for you? There's so much on your plate. Uh, what is next for JCI? Sure. Well, uh, you know, from a CMO perspective, the digital foundation, that uh, infrastructure so that we can be rapid and quick in our response and in our marketing is, is the number one priority. For JCI, you're going to see a combination of what we can do from a digital perspective, uh, employing AI, infusing uh, the ability. We have a, a huge services organization. So not only can we put monitoring technology in buildings and be part of their operation, uh, we can have people in them uh, changing and, and operating uh, those buildings uh, as well. So that's kind of the second priority for us. Uh, and then you know, making sure that the, the message is heard globally about what we can do with smart, sustainable buildings. You know, a building in general, buildings consume about 40% of the world's energy. And so some of the things that we're working on, like AI on a um, HVAC or a cooling machine, could save anywhere between 30 to 60% of energy spent. We have a kind of an important mission to get this technology out there, uh, really to address the issue that we're, that we're having globally around 
uh, the environmental challenge and global warming. So those are those are the big elements of what we're after. The opportunity is huge, and uh, you're right. You know, people imagine a building is fixed and done, but my goodness, no. The story goes on, and JCI is there making a big difference. Phil Clement, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio.